we don't hesitate if I broke my leg to go to the traumatologist, right. get a, you know, a treatment sure. and everything, rehab. Sure. But when it comes to I broke my heart, it's difficult for me to cope. Sometimes it seems that there are some things that do not apply to you because you are a believer. And in my personal experience and journey and what I have seen in others, it's not like that. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Kettering Connect, the weekly podcast and videocast where I, we get to hang out, talk about the message from the weekend, process it, break down the scriptures, apply it to life, and just have an honest conversation. So thank you everybody for watching and listening. And in case you haven't noticed, I am joined by my brother from another mother. He spoke last weekend, Nestor yeah. Bruno. Thank you so much for joining us for Kettering Connect. Oh, I'm so happy to be here and see you move your hands in person. It's, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so what you need to know about, okay, the world just needs to know about Nestor Bruno because they just, the world does not know. Uh, he's too humble but he is a very blessed and amazing person. One of those things is uh, we have many things in common. One is we were ordained on the same day, same day exactly. in the same the same um, service. Right? And here in this building. Actually. Yes, in the building. So yeah. super special for both of us. Yeah. Uh, do you happen to remember the date? I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, May 5th. Yes. It, was, it so. is. Yeah. So yeah. I just remember because it was Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, sí. but anyway, but yes, May 5th. Okay. Yeah, sí. uh, uh, so yeah, so uh, we were ordained yeah. on the same day, right, together. Very special, yeah. Very nice. Um, not more importantly, but we also share a similar passion, and that is this phenomenal sport. <laughs> and and he's laughing. You're actually going to talk about it. Uh, yeah, this is very important. We'll okay. get into the scriptures, but Absol everybody needs to know um, there are two people that I really have a hard time beating at ping pong. Uh -huh. uh, one of them is the principal of Spring Valley Academy. Uh -huh. the, oh, but but didn't know that. he will. Oh yeah, Darren is very good. But he will testify in case he's watching. You 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 know, Darren. I have beat you a time or two. The problem with Nestor is I have never beat you at ping pong, and it drives me insane. This man, I know he's in a suit. He's super humble, very professional. But man, this guy is a beast playing ping pong. So I don't know. I, I need yeah. to learn your skill. Yeah, I prayed to the Lord, and He gave me the victory. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was fun, and we need to do that again sometime. David <laughs> slings a rock, yeah. and Nestor Ex exactly. hits a ball, but exactly. he slays the giant. At both, I'm just offended. But anyway, yeah. okay, anyway, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So, Nestor, I know you a little bit. We have some stuff in common, mm -hmm. but for the general world, tell us, right, everyone's a story. Just quickly, who are you? What do you okay. do in life? And yeah, what's your story? Uh, what I do, um, I started practicing psychology like 13 years ago mm -hmm. when I finished, you know, you had to do residency and things. Well, so 13 years practicing and I'm also an ordained minister. We were yeah. all received the, the ordination together. Yeah. Um, and I have been a chaplain for pretty much the same time, 14 years. So um, you started when you were eight. That's great. Exactly. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for mentioning that. Yeah. <laughs> so I have been combining, you know, ministry and mental yeah. health. Yeah. Uh, those are my two passions. I come from Argentina. This is where this accent is from. Yes. Um, my grandparents, during the wars, they left Italy. They were starving. It was very difficult. They went to Argentina and they built their family there and mm. their dreams. And that's where I come from. 
Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. So you've always been interested in spirituality and mental health. I'm kind of hearing always. You say. My actually, my grandpa. Mm. Uh, he was 20 years a pastor and 20 years a psychiatrist. Mm. And then my dad is a pastor. My uncle is a psychologist. I am a pastor psychologist. My sister is a psychologist. So this is, you know, family. Yeah. yeah. We, we sit at the table and we talk about these things. So Right. Uh, so it's good. And so Pastor Andrea, as she introduced you during the service, this is why, you know, she felt it was important for us to talk about mental health, yeah. break it down. And she was like, you know, I, I want to refer to an expert. So she had Nestor, right, come as, as the expert to talk about mental health and spirituality. So uh, so just real quick, as we kind of lean into this, um, like, why do you think it's so important? Like this connection between mental health mm. and spirituality, like, is it really important? And if so, why? How often do you see that? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that partnership. Oh, we, we could say so many things. And, and I love being talking to a friend with all these cameras and things and no, it's, no, it's ignore even, the cameras. It's, it's just even us. fun. And then know? we'll play ping pong and you'll whoop me. But actually we will after this. <laughs> okay. Going back to the topic. Yeah. Um, why is it so important to connect mental health and spirituality? Well, I, I would say that it's important because the church has a depth when it comes mm. to this for a long time. Um, we don't hesitate if I broke my leg to go to the traumatologist, right. get a you know a treatment sure. and everything, rehab. Sure. But when it comes to I broke my heart, yep. I broke my you know emotions, and I, I it's difficult for me to cope. Sometimes uh, I have heard it. Well, you need to pray more. Right. Um, why don't you <laughs> read more the Bible and right? And sometimes it seems that we have to be superhumans and it seems that there are some things that do not apply to you because you are a believer and in my personal experience and journey and what I have seen in others it's not like that mm -hmm. even we were preaching this Saturday when mm -hmm. the Lord is your shepherd yep mm -hmm. it says when I walk through the valley of shadows right and so then it's part of the experience the Christian and human experience. So that, that's why it's so important to talk about both. Right, right. Well, and to your point, like I, a couple of years ago, I did a series for Perichoresis, our high school ministry here called um, God Never Said That. We talked about things uh -huh. that we think God says, but the Bible actually never says that God says. And one of those things is, um, you know, sometimes we assume that God says, oh, just follow me and I will make your life perfect and you'll never have any problems and you'll, you know, you'll be healthy and wealthy and wise. Yeah. No, God never said that. In fact, he says what, exactly what you're, you're, you're saying. Um, no, you will go through storms, Yeah. right? So, but I will be with you, right? The, the power is the witness, not that the storms don't exist. That's, that's a complete difference because loneliness, it's like a magnifier glass. Yes, yes. Everything that is difficult becomes bigger and more difficult when you're lonely. But when you are connected... right. Think of, if, if I ask you, what are three of the most meaningful experiences you had in your life? Mm. You know, and, and you start thinking and you answer me. You say, well, Nestor, I remember this one was a very meaningful experience, this other one. Probably those experiences, they have some connection with suffering, discomfort. Yes. It wasn't all perfect, mm -hmm. but they were so meaningful for you mm -hmm. because you grew, mm -hmm. because it changed a way that you thought, mm -hmm. a way that you behave, and you grew as a person. So 
a Christian experience is experience of growth, of change. Mm -hmm. And if there is no one discomfort, pain, suffering, what is the growth? Right. I mean, um, yeah, no, I think that's what good. What were we talking about? Then I got, I got lost. Well, no, no, no. I yeah. think that's good. And, and to lean into that even a little bit, you know, I think oftentimes, right, one of the reasons that could lead to depression or, you know, not overly healthy with our, you know, with our mental health status and that sort of thing is just the, the, the definition of success. I guess that's the only way I could say it, right? Okay. Where, like, perhaps in our heads, we're not successful in whatever area. Maybe we're not successful spiritually, professionally, relationally, socially, et cetera, right? Okay. Um, and, and so... This idea, right? And so maybe the concept is for some of us, we have this image in our head of what success looks like. And then whatever that image is, we compare it to real life. And I'm like, oh man, right? There's, yeah. the, there's a difference. Yes. But what you're describing, I'm hearing at least is, no, success, maybe that's that's part of the challenge is that um, success doesn't mean that we live problem-free, storm-free, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Success actually looks like how we process and grow through the storms and through the issues. Oh, yes. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, it does. And and actually, when you talk about success as the way we go through the storms mm. and how we grow, grow through the issues, mm -hmm. that's a wonderful way to talk about success. Because sometimes mm -hmm. we talk about success and this affects the levels of anxiety that mm -hmm. we have, depression right. and other things. Right. We talk about success. Let me quote a, a study. Go stand here in the States. When you cross the threshold of $70,000 as a family, after that, there is no increase in happiness. You can, you can be earning a half a million dollars or a mi no, no increase. Why is that? Because when I cannot provide for my basic needs and mm. I see my family suffering or things we need and we cannot afford, then when I reach that point in which more or less, it says here in the States, 70000 I can provide for all those basic needs, then my level of happiness doesn't increase mm, mm -hmm. because my happiness now has to do with other things. Right. And when, when we are looking at things that doesn't bring real success, for example, only material things, we can be in a trap of never enough. Right. There was another study done, Jason, with uh, lots of people, millions actually, and they were asking them, they were, some of them were poor, some of them were middle class, some of them were upper class and very rich. Mm. They were all asked the same question. How much money would be enough for you? Mm. You know what is interesting? They all had the same answer. Mm. Exactly the same. Just a little bit more. Mm. Okay. So if that's how you measure success, if the never enough uh, is the parameter, we mm -hmm. are lost. Mm. And, and in the psalm, David starts approaching that and says, when, he says, when I have the Lord as my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah, I That's lack an, nothing. I don't need anything. It's a, it's a, yeah, it, it's a sense of I'm enough. I have enough. Yeah. And then my happiness has to do with other things. Right. So it kind of reframes success. Yes. Um, yeah, that's good. That, that's really interesting. Well, and, and speaking of like depression and success and that sort of thing, you know, I've been 
so I've so in case the world doesn't know, Nestor is the associate head elder for young adult ministries here yeah. in our church. Yeah. Right, he leads a Friday night uh, Bible study that is balling. Uh, it's it's so good. Um, so Nestor's not only are you all of these amazing things professionally, but you also care a lot into our church and, and you give a lot and you serve and, and that sort of yeah, thing. Thank you for that. Um, but, you know, so all of that to say is, you know, I've been a youth pastor for almost 17 years um, mm-hmm. as I transitioned to young adult ministry, which I'm super pumped about. But especially during the pandemic, right, yeah. I've noticed, you know, high school kids like depression and anxiety, uh, but not only high school kids, that's the thing. Yeah. Teachers, parents, right? Mm-hmm. Like just people in general, depression, anxiety has just shot through the roof. And I was looking up just doing a little preliminary research, but essentially according to this one source I was looking at, it says that one in three Americans experience clinical depression in their life. Now it doesn't mean they, you know, but they're experiencing right that yes. level of depression, one in three. Um, and then leaning into, which actually according to that, which is 2,750,000 deaths are connected to depression every year mm-hmm. um, in our country. But, you know, all of that. And for high school kids, it used to be like when we were growing up, and we're about the same age, but so, you know, don't be offended. But when we were growing <laughs> up, um, this, the number one killer of teens yes. was different than it is now. Today, the number one killer of teens is depression and what that encourages them to do, yeah. right? So, so it's like, clearly an issue. That, mm-hmm. That's my point. Um, so with that being said, what are some basic like things that you think we can do about it, right? Some just some helpful tips, some things that we can proactively do to help with our mental health. Hmm. That's the question. Well, th- this, Solve our problems. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Give me five, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the point here, Jason, is that you were you are reading very important statistics and actually we were expecting in this next decade during the 20s depression to become the first cause of uh, work absenteeism mm. and you know it, but with the pandemic everything became faster mm. so those numbers you are reading it, everything will happen faster mm-hmm. one in three americans depression so so what what can we do about this and we are talking in a context of Christian faith, mm-hmm. um, connecting, you know, our values, principles, and beliefs with our mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, something interesting, if you look at the statistics in Christians are not different. Mm. It's not like, oh, I'm a Christian. Right. The statistics change. No. Well, you talked about, you didn't actually say that, but mm-hmm. you used, a, I wrote it down, functional atheism. Yes. Uh, from... Brennan Manning. Yeah, right, that, right, from Manning, yeah. Yes. You want me to talk about that? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Just keep going. I just yeah. made me think of it. <laughs> well, you know, so for Christians, it's not different. We are also affected mm-hmm. by, by that. What can we do? First of all, affect. I mean, you can buy a T-shirt. I'm talking to whoever is, is watching. Buy a T-shirt that says I'm a human. Mm-hmm. You know, welcome to Earth or something. Yeah, yeah. You are part of this. We are part of this. Mm-hmm. So accepting that we are part of this, because I'm a Christian, it doesn't mean that I won't have cancer. I won't have a leg that uh, breaks or, or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I won't lose my hair. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cause of depression. So, yes. Of course. So <laughs> yeah. Accepting that you are in the same boat. Yeah. That's the first thing. Because 
when you get rid of some expectations, oh, mm. that's that's such a relief. I remember um, asking a group here in the church not long ago, do you think you are more spiritual than Jesus? Mm. That was the question. And of course, everyone looked at each other saying, what, what, what do you mean? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's obvious I'm not more spiritual than him. So why sometimes we act like we are? Mm. You know, like... Oh, I feel depressed. I feel anxious. Oh, it's because I should have been praying more, reading more the Bible, going more to the church, being part of a group. And we start feeling guilty and mm -hmm. ashamed. What about Jesus? He was on the cross and he didn't have any problem saying aloud and accepting the feelings that he was having of God forsaking him and feeling that God was far. But what about yeah. that? Yeah. So if we can accept that this can happen to my family, sure. so our kids, if they feel depressed, they will come and talk to us. Because if otherwise, oh, I cannot be depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, that mm -hmm. this doesn't happen in this wonderful Christian family. Mm -hmm. So I think a, a huge first step we can have is like with Jesus, say it like from the cross, because the centurion and the people that were there listened to that. They wrote it in a couple of Gospels, so mm -hmm. they, they heard it. Mm -hmm. Jesus said it loud. He had no problem saying it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was part of his experience. Mm -hmm. And it didn't mean that he was not a spiritual. He didn't read the Bible. Uh, he was not praying enough. Yeah. So taking that expectation and throwing it through the window and allowing our family to have an atmosphere where we are humans, yeah, Mm -hmm. These are things that happen, and we will go through the valley of shadows. We will not stay there. Mm -hmm. We were not designed for that. We will go through this, but this happens. Mm -hmm. So I would start there, mm -hmm. accepting that it can happen. Then it, it's much easier to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I'm, all, I'm hearing you say is, you know, providing intentional space for authenticity, right? Can we just be authentic uh, and honest. Uh, but sometimes that's hard, especially within a Christian community, right? Where we want to put walls up and we want to have a facade. Jason, why the 12 steps programs are so good? They are anonymous. Yeah. And you can go there and you can actually talk about yeah. what you're going through for right. real. Right. And they are very spiritual. Sure. But in the church, you cannot talk about many things. Right. Okay? Right. And I hope we can we can change that. Whatever mm -hmm. church we belong to, we can start to change. Yeah. And have things. a culture of honesty and authenticity where yes. the walls and the facade can come down. And exactly. If Jesus in his yeah, while he's on the cross, uh is lamenting and crying out because he feels alone. Yeah. Well then why can't we? Uh, which I think is interesting because a lot of times, you know, with some of the studies that we can look, you know, there are several things that can lead, uh, you know, lead to depression or lead to um, not being mentally healthy, like being alone, right? So definitely yes. during the pandemic, yeah, of course, we're going to see that on the rise. Um, mm -hmm. Not a sense of hopelessness for the future. And, and that's the thing that's interesting that you brought it up about Jesus on the cross. We see some of these some of these themes, and it's not just there, but also in the passage that you taught from this last Sabbath, yes. right from from Psalm twenty three. This whole notion of of not being accepted and and uh, feeling alone and don't have a hope for the future. Well, within Psalm twenty three, like David addresses all of those things. No, there is hope, right? Um, yeah. We're not alone. Uh, the our, our wine glasses overflow, mm. which I thought that was that was so good, right? And in case you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and watch the sermon. Uh, it's really good. Um, Right, but this understanding that no, 
we are accepted by God yeah. right now. Yes. Um, and, you know, this acceptance by God should lead us to accept ourselves. Right. But that's so hard. Yeah. But, but that's the, 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 I mean, when John in, in, first, in his first letter, he talks about it and, and he says, if you don't love Jason that you have next to you and, and you know him and he's your friend, how can you love me that you don't even see me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and if you don't accept yourself, if you don't love yourself, because when Jesus was explaining how to love others, he says, love your neighbor and how, Jesus? Right. <laughs> how? How do I do that? Well, as yourself. But I don't love myself. Right. Oh, okay. Let's work with that, Jesus would say. Right. Because the problem is you know you, right? And yes. so you know that there are things not lovable about you, right? So but I think it's, said, it's really who hard. Who said that <laughs> it, to be loved, we have to be lovable? Mm. I mean, we love people that are not lovable. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we deeply love them. Yeah. And, and we, that's true. They are best friends. They are best brothers or sisters or mom and dad. We love them. And then they have things that are not lovable. Sure. So who said that you have to be perfect mm. to be lovable? Maybe some religion said it. Mm. It's not true. I mean, Jesus loves us. And, okay. So what about accepting ourselves? Mm. That we can go through this, that this is part of the journey. It takes a huge backpack from my jo from my shoulders mm -hmm. if I accept that this is part of the journey. Mm -hmm. David, that when you read the Psalms, you see that he has lots of advices about mental health and emotional health. Mm -hmm. He wrote a couple of Psalms. I'm remembering the 30, 32nd Psalm where he says, when I didn't speak, my bones were dry. Yeah, yeah. I was dying inside. Yeah. When he accepted what he did, he asked for forgiveness. He, well, na, then he started healing. So when, when we don't accept that some things can happen to Christians and to me, then we died alone. When we accept them, maybe we can connect with healing. Um, I'm just looking to the time. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it's good. And so really, at the end of the day, yeah, loving ourselves, accepting ourselves, mm -hmm. um, knowing that intrinsically we are valuable. Yes. Uh, right. Not comparing or like you were saying earlier, according to the study of the 70,000, well, a little bit more, a little bit more. No, you don't need a little bit more. Right. You intrinsically are valuable. You are a daughter. You are a son of God. You are not broken. Um, and, and, and a part of the, the powerful thing for me in the in Psalm 23 is this whole element of, of withness. Right. Yes. Like God is with us. Yes. We are never alone. Never. Um, and he even leans into that at the end. Right. Um, surely. Uh, uh, it says, uh, verse six. Surely your goodness and unfailing love all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Um, so, yeah, withness. We are not alone. And I think, you know, one of the powerful things about church and community is to encourage that method, right? Where yeah. we, you're not meant to walk life alone, right? One of the first things, I say this all the time, one of the, the first time God in the Bible, the first time in the Bible it's recorded that God says something isn't good is when man was alone, right? So we were mm. never created to be alone. And that's what faith community is for, right? To help us understand, though, we're, we're in this together, right? When someone else says, you're, you're, that's your experience, that's what you have going on, 
you know, that's my experience too, right? We we have a shared experience. Yes. Um, and that can be really helpful. So good. Well, thank it you is. so much for appreciating. Any other quick final thoughts or comments? Oh, about I would this? love to keep talking. So yes. Yeah. But our audience right now is like, please, please, please stop. But yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. to me. Um, no. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, it was pleasure. a great message. It was really good. Uh, so glad you could share that with us. Thank you. Um, thank you for all that you do for our community and our church. Oh, you really thank are you. a blessing. Thank you, Jason. And one day you should let me beat you at ping pong. Um, Will you we will see. pray for us <laughs> Let's as pray. we finish? Let's pray. Yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Th thank you for sharing this with all the ones that are watching. May at this moment your spirit touch our hearts and may you lead us in a path that is full of health and with the happiness and the abundance that you want for all of us. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next week. You're supposed to dance, Nestor. Do kind of I a take basic off outline. my tie at least and do no, it only you look with good. Head. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> is it the wine that overflows that we're family or is it your knowledge that overflows and just blesses the planet? <laughs> this is I'm therapeutic. Gonna... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>